is our moment. This is our chance. This is our opportunity to recapture our dynasty like never before. Fellow Americans, you're listening to Rose Unplugged. Joining me is my buddy, I love this guy, senior economic contributor at FreedomWorks, economics analyst at CNN, and associate opinion editor at the Washington Times. Boy, boy. he served as economic advisor, by the way, for the campaign for Trump for 2016. And uh, we may be hearing a lot more about Stephen Moore in the coming days. Stephen, how are you? (laughs) I'm great. I still have the... The goosebumps from the the call that I got from the president last week. That's, and I'm just I'm so honored uh, by this. I that's why we have you, you on. Yeah, we <laughs> want you to announce it because in case any of my audience didn't pick up on this, I wanted you on today so you could talk about that phone call. Tell us all about it from the very beginning when you picked up the phone. <laughs> well, uh, by the way, Rose, from now on, you're going to have to call me Governor Moore. Okay. <laughs> there you go, Governor. <laughs> so, but um, look, it was about, I think it was just about exactly a week ago, you know, uh, I could pick up the phone and uh, the, can you take a call? Is this even more? I said, it is. can you take a call from Air Force One? <laughs> the president <laughs> wants to talk to you. And you know, then I said, absolutely, I can take a call from Air Force One. And, uh, you know, I, uh, the president came on a couple minutes later and, and said that, um, Steve, you're just doing a great job. You've done so much, you know, on the tax bill and all this. And he said, uh, I just want to tell you, I, I, I'm going to, I want to nominate you to be a member of the Federal Reserve Board. And uh-huh. I, I literally almost fell off my chair when he said it. And it was just, uh, you know, an amazing thing. I mean, he, I, Rose, I'm a guy who was in the pokey group in the third grade. <laughs> and uh, don't tell any of my enemies that. They'll probably, you know, because they've got their knives out for me. But, um, you know, I just said, well, my gosh, I, you know, really came out of left field. I wasn't expecting that. And, um, you know, I just, I said, well, of course, Mr. President, I'd be honored to, you know, to serve. And um, so that's kind of how it went. He he said, you know, you'll be great in the job. We need, you know, some people who have different, maybe some different opinions than the people over there right now. And, um, and, uh, you know, the left is terrified. You know, one of the things I've discovered, because the left really is going after me very aggressively I now. And, that. oh, he's yeah. not qualified. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he's just going to be a Trump. Uh, they, they call me a, a quote. Uh, here's, here's what they're calling me, a quote. A Trump loyalist, unquote. <laughs> I don't know how that's a sound. That's okay. I think you're a Trump loyalist. I am. I'm proud to proud to wear that. I'll, yes, I'll wear that, that badge proudly. I yes. am a Trump loyalist. I, look, I don't always agree with Donald Trump. I mean, I told the media just because I'm a you know work with the guy and I admire what he's done doesn't mean I agree with everything that he says. And you know, I've disagreed him on, on some issues like steel tariffs and auto tariffs. But I said, look, you got to love the job this guy is doing on the economy. It's just phenomenal. And so, um, you know, I have to go now through this uh, it's Senate con- confirmation, so I have to go through this brutal process of, uh, and there, by the way, I mean, this is, I mean, it's a very honor, very big honor for me to, yes. to be, you know, to, but it's not, you know, there are seven people on the board. There's also five um, regional bank presidents. The chairman, most people who, who anybody who follows the Fed, and I know it's a very complicated, mysterious temple over there, but the, the chairman is the one who has all the power, right? So I'm right. not being appointed to be the chairman. But, um, 
you know, geez, you'd think from the, what the left is writing about me that this is going to be the end of civilization. Oh, my, you know? oh my God. God. <laughs> he is unorthodox. He is a top loyalist. He doesn't, he doesn't have a Ph.D. from Harvard and blah, blah, blah. You know, he can't possibly do this. So, and I was thinking about our previous conversation, Rose, I was on, when I was on your show a couple of weeks ago. We talked about this. You know, the left loves to talk about diversity and tolerance, but the thing they cannot tolerate is diversity of opinion no. from what they believe. No, you you're know? right. And so that's why they're so threatened by this, but I'm going to get through this. And, um, you know, my wife is like, are you sure you want to do this? Because it's, <laughs> it's just, these people are savage. I mean, the things they're writing about me, he's a cheater, he's a liar, he's been wrong for 20 years, he beats his wife and blah, blah, blah. You could ask my wife about that, but, you know, she might have a different opinion. But, I mean, I'm just exaggerating, but it's, I don't know why people even want to go through this anymore. It's it's just become, I don't, I don't mind, Rose, having a disagreement with people about the, you know, the positions, the economics. Okay, let's have that debate. But the personal assaults, don't you think they're just over the top? Well, look, I mean, for 20 years I've had assaults, and I know how you feel. But at the same time, you've been called, I mean, to a higher purpose, Stephen. I mean, you've... You're out there. You, you're. It's not by chance that you happen to be where you are right now, and uh, you've earned it. You are one of the smartest guys I know, and and I and the cutest economist I've ever met. But honestly, <laughs> okay. you, you deserve this, and I think yeah. that I know that my audience agrees with that. I mean, just the number of people that show up whenever you say you're going to be in Pittsburgh. I mean, we get yeah. hundreds of people, and then we have yeah. to close well, off reservations. So. Stephen, but don't... I think that's kind of what's frightening them. Is yes, that they do it is. know that I, uh, you know, have uh, opinions that can, you know, persuade people, and they don't want, you know, they don't want people who can persuade people of the wrongness of their positions, whether it's socialism. I mean, have you heard of this new thing? I mean, this is how crazy the left has gotten. They they're all touting this new, uh, what they call modern monetary theory (MMT). You'll hear more about it in the okay. weeks and months to come. And what this, I'm not making this up, Rose. I promise I'm not making this up. What they're saying is that, you know, as long as interest rates remain low, the government can just keep borrowing and borrowing right. and borrowing and borrowing and spending and spending and spending and spending, and everything will just be okay. And I'm like, really? Have you ever looked what happened in Uruguay, Argentina, Zimbabwe, you know, all these other countries? I mean, show me any country where the borrow and borrow and spend model has ever worked out well. It's like jumping out a window, you know, from a 101st floor of a building and, you know, you know, falling past the seventh floor and people, how's it going? So far, it's going pretty well. You know, <laughs> until hit the ground. And, you know, that is a story that never ends well. And yet this is the stuff that they're peddling. And, uh, you know, believe me, I'm not going to be touting that kind of nonsense. I mean, it's a recipe for bankruptcy and exactly. financial disaster. And it's not only any half-sane person, any household, any, you know, person who's listening to the show who runs the family finances or any businessman or woman knows you can't just keep borrowing, right? Just give the credit card or just keep running up the debt. Everyone, knows, the only people who actually believe that you can do that is is PhD economists. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here's I mean, the thing: you have that's to what... have a PhD in economics to believe something that stupid. Yeah, wow, wow. Well, you know, here's the thing, Stephen. We, I, President Trump knows exactly what he's doing by um, nominating you, and a lot of people have said so uh, because he has been frustrated um, with the Fed's interest rate uh, policy, yeah. and, and a lot of so. us are, and, and rightly so. So you hold your let own. Let me explain, by the way, if I Please may, do. why they're, the Fed Please. has been wrong. Go Please. back to the summer of last year. 
and we had four percent. We reached four percent economic growth, something no liberal thought was possible. Four percent growth with full employment, rising wages, and no inflation. It was like this most the most beautiful picture ever, right? You can't have an economy that that is that good, you know, and complain see anything wrong with it. And yet the Fed. That's when the Fed started raising interest rates, and Trump you know, blew a gasket as well. He should have. He's like, why? There's no inflation out there. Why are you raising interest rates? And that has taken a little bit of the wind out of the sails. We're probably only going to get one and a half percent growth in the first quarter. That's way down from 4%. And I think it's primarily because of the Fed, you know, sucking the oxygen out of the economy. So we can't allow that to happen. We got to stay on the three to 4% growth path with no inflation, stable prices, and high wages. That's what I'm for. I, you know, people, I've had 100 you know, calls from New York Times, Wall Street Journal. I keep saying, I'm a growth hawk. I want the economy to yes. grow. I want people to do better. And that's what Trump wants. And some, somehow that's controversial. Uh, you know, not with a lot of people. I mean, even Fox News, when they covered your nomination, um, they, they said they, this is going to score points with um, Trump supporters. It does, and it will. Um, we yeah. feel confident knowing that you'll be there. I mean, Stephen, this this is I think it's fabulous. It's I think it's fantastic. And I think he really made a smart move here. Um, congratulations to you and be encouraged. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited. And it'll be a totally different experience, uh, you know, being over there. And uh, and, you know, I think my goal is to try to persuade the chairman that. You know, this is the way you do it. And if you follow this path, because look, Powell, Chairman Powell wants to be a success. Yeah. You know, he wants, he doesn't want the economy to falter. He doesn't want to see, you know, the economy growing at one or two percent. He wants three or four. I, I'm going to tell him, look, you can be a hero. Just follow the right monetary policy, keep the dollar strong and stable. And let's, you know, allow these tax cuts to work and so on. And, and uh, boy, if we, if we can do that, if we can have a strong monetary policy on top of the tax cuts, the deregulation, the energy policies, I mean, this economy is going to just burst. You know, and uh, I mean, with growth, <laughs> that's I mean, what we want to see it happen. You know, and I was just reading a story. I wanted to run this by you, too. Um, the New York Post had a story about, um, well, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, they were talking about how Time magazine uh, writer Charlotte Alter wrote that people our age have never experienced American prosperity in our adult lives. Uh, and that was so that she could explain why so many millennials are embracing socialism. But a National Review, uh, Jim Garrity, noted that Alter's father is a former senior editor at Newsweek. Her mother is executive producer for the Colbert, Colbert Report. Her brother's a producer for HBO Sports, and her sister is a venture capitalist. So when she says she's never experienced prosperity, that's hilarious. But millennials actually are experiencing a growing economy right now with less uh, economic problems than than anywhere else or any other time yep. in their lives, yes. indeed. Yes. So it yes. would be ridiculous to argue that this doesn't qualify as a time of prosperity for even millennials. And to be honest, Steve, I, Steve I've talked to a lot of millennials. They're doing quite well right now. Oh, they are. You know, and by the way, I mean, I, there's something to that argument. I mean, look, since uh, 2000, the, let's face it, the Bush years and the Obama years were not very good years no. for the economy. I mean, no. it's a, you know, we had no growth in wages over a 15-year period. I mean, Bush's first term was good. His second term was a disaster, and Obama, you know, did, you know, he, he his policies gave us the weakest recovery. So, 
you know, I can understand worker frustration and millennials' frustration because, you know, the natural course of, of things in America, we're optimists that we can, things keep getting better. For a long time, they didn't get better. And now Trump comes in, and look, everybody said, I debated these people, Rose, on the campaign. You know, yeah. Trump is lying to America people. The economy can't grow at 3% because the Messiah couldn't get us to 3%. How is Trump going to do it and all this stuff? And, and, and then, you know, lo and behold, here we are in 2000, at the end of 2018. And guess what? We had 3.1% growth. I mean, ideas have consequences. We have 7 million more jobs today than people to fill them. That's that's almost like the entire population of Pennsylvania. That's how many people right. that is. I mean, you know, and so it didn't happen by accident because we've got a businessman in office. We've got a guy who, who believes in free enterprise and believes in lower taxes and all these policies. And that's made all the difference. And we're seeing nice wage gains now for the first time in 20-some years for workers. I love the story. It's driving liberals crazy that the biggest wage gains in percent terms have gone to the lowest skilled and lowest income workers. So we're actually reducing income inequality wow. through free enterprise and free markets and tax cuts. I mean, and the left, boy, you know, on top of the Mueller report, I mean, they're, they're just having a bad bad couple of years, aren't they? Yeah, I, they really are. Um, Did you see, by the way, the New York Post headline today? No, I didn't see it. What was it? Oh, yeah, people have to look it up on the internet. It's called Mueller um, um, Madness. <laughs> and it's like one of those grids from the college basketball. Oh, I saw NBA that. Yeah, yeah, like, I did see which, it. Which, which liberal pundit got it most wrong? You know, with 64 <laughs> Sarah Sanders tweeted that out. To the New York Times and the Washington Post in the championship game. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. But you know what? It's just I mean, it's it's, you know, I feel for the the Trump family who had to go through all of this for so long and for his supporters. And honestly, though, Stephen, I mean, when you consider going into 2020, I am so encouraged. I really feel like they um, disrupted our midterm elections with these lies and the fake news and the 92 percent negative coverage that the big and they, three and they have tried to overturn a, a, a you know a presidential election. I mean, yeah. you know, now they want to get rid of these. So from following this, now they want to get rid of the electoral college. I mean, they want to change the rules so they can win. You know, that's what cheaters do. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, it's it's astounding. Anyway, it, I, I'm glad that that is over and behind them. God bless this president. So many. I, I just I, I I hate that he's had to go through you know, everything I have to he say has. This, um, I, you know, having just the last four days just being pounded on by the left, I was thinking, you know, for me, you know, it just it wears you down. I have I have so much more. um admiration for this president, how he puts up with this day after day after day after day. And every time I see him, he's so upbeat. He's so energetic. He doesn't let him get it down. You know, Mm. I wish I had his fortitude, you know, and, you know, because he's one of the strongest people. It, you know, if every day, Rose, somebody said, you're a jerk, you're anti-American, you hate men, you hate hate Jews, you hate blacks. I mean, can you imagine taking that pounding day after day after day? It's horrible. It's absolutely They're horrible. They're horrible people. They, they are, are. horrible people. I've never seen and it at this. But you can't. But I don't allow it to get to you either, Stephen. We well, need you. Well, it's only you. been yeah, three days. What I'm saying, I know. Trump, this crap yeah. for three years. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. But that's why we have to beat these people. We you know? do. We Darn it. We them. really do. And, um, and, and you're the guy to do it. You really are. Let me ask you a quick question. A lot of people have now um, filed their tax returns or will be soon. Um, or wait, where are we? May, what is the deadline for the April 15th, right? we got a couple more weeks. Okay, a couple more <laughs> weeks. What yeah. are the biggest changes? I noticed that there were some deductions that in the past 
um, people could take that they no longer can take. And I've heard people say, yeah, but, oh, I can't believe I can't take no, this no, deduction. No, 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 no. Here's the thing that people are missing. What? The, um, the, um, uh, not, because we doubled the standard deduction. Okay. You know, so we oh, that's that right. from like $12,000 to like $25,000. The vast majority of people will no longer have to itemize deductions. So it doesn't matter about the deductions anymore because you just, you just check off the box. You get your first 20, if you're a married couple, you get your first $25,000 of income tax. We did that to simplify the thing so people didn't have to worry about deductions. So the only people who have to worry about deductions now are, are you know, upper middle income and, and high income, you know, very high income people. And that's why I'd, if I had my brothers, I'd go to a flat tax and just get rid of all the deductions Agreed. and get the rates as low as possible. Agreed. But I just want to assure people, you're, but if you're an average income American, let's, let, I'm going to widely say that's anyone between an income of about 45000 to $100,000 a year, you're, not, you're going to be getting a, about a two to $3,000 tax cut. Um, and depending on how many kids you have and things like that. So, uh, you know, people complain, well, I didn't get this deduction. Yeah, but you're getting all these other tax reductions that are, that are lowering your overall tax bill. Throughout the year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's, that's the thing to keep in mind. So, and yeah, don't forget, you're... if the Democrats take over, the first thing they say they want to do is repeal the tax cut. So, you know, if you want to pay $3,000 more in taxes, vote for the Democrats. Uh, oh, man. Stephen, we're so proud of you. I'm so excited. <laughs> Will you well, still... when I get to, I hope you come to Washington when I get sworn in. You know what? I will. You better let us know. Hey, one other thing. Can you still come on the show? I told them. I said, I have to do Rose's <laughs> radio show every week. And they said, sure all right, we'll let you do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to, you know what? We need you there, Stephen. So God bless you. And you know, okay. you've, you've earned this. You have earned yeah, it. Thank you. You certainly Thank you. Have. Well, have a great week, and yeah, I will too, talk friend. to you soon. All right. Thanks all right. Take care. Absolutely. Bye. We'll be back with more right after this.